Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are discussing friendships with an Enneagram type one. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I have been riding the motorbikes around Bali. I wish I had started this sooner. It is absolutely the most fun. And in fact, I don't actually at this point have anywhere else I need to ride a bike to, but I'm trying to come up with an excuse to have like one last bike ride before I go because it brings me so much joy. My thorn is that it's my last day. I leave Bali tomorrow and I'm kind of struggling with it because I have a lot of work to do today. It's raining out. There's so much I still want to do. I feel like I could have spent months here and not seen everything I wanted to see. And as you guys know, for a type seven, that is painful. So I have to come back. That's the rule. My bud is that I get to go home to my family and finish out fall with them and just be cozy and snuggle them. I just, ugh, I'm so excited. I miss them so much. All right, so that being said, (laughs) let's get into friendships with the Enneagram type one. So the first thing I wanna discuss is what they bring to relationships, what we can learn from our ones. Now, in general, when I think of healthy relationships of any kind, it's important that we let each other be influenced by one another. And this is something that I talk about a lot when I talk about relationships with the Enneagram, because when we're interacting with someone of a certain type and we're seeing them as different than us, showing up differently than us, thinking differently than us, and we find ourselves resisting that or rejecting that, then we're likely to be more frustrated with them. We're likely to not enjoy that relationship as much. But when we allow that person to influence us, when we start to look for their strengths and allow those strengths to impact us, then it can actually be a really beautiful way to appreciate things about them that maybe we were resistant to. So here are the things that I hope you will let the one in your life influence you with, yeah, or in, influence you you know, I hope you'll let them, I hope these will rub off on you. (laughs) All right. Number one is their integrity. So type ones have a really strong sense of integrity and they expect that integrity from the people that they're in relationship to. And, you know, sometimes they can expect that integrity from someone in a relationship that maybe they don't even expect of themselves, right? They're looking for people who have impeccable integrity. And this can be sometimes come more natural or less natural to different people. And each type one, right, is going to have their own definition of what integrity means. But either way, when we're in relationship to a type one in our lives, when we're forming that friendship, they are likely to encourage us to be the same person in public that we are in private. And that is a beautiful thing to pick up from a type one. 
The second thing that we're gonna likely pick up from our type ones is reliability, right? We're gonna show up when we say we're gonna show up. We're gonna communicate. If we don't show up, at the t- we can't be there at the time. We're not gonna be those people with our friends who are type ones who say, I'm on the way while we're still getting ready. No, we're gonna under promise and over deliver. Uh, we're gonna say, hey, <clears throat> I'm like 30 minutes out when you think you maybe you're 20 minutes out. And that's gonna show our type ones, right, that you respect that relationship, that you're taking it seriously, that you aren't deprioritizing them, that their time is valuable to you, and that you're someone that they can respect, right? Like ones respect integrity, reliability, willingness to improve. Um, These things are things that type ones highly value, having a strong sense of values, a strong sense of right and wrong. And being in relationship to ones really helps us to do the same for ourselves because we all benefit from having a strong sense of integrity, a strong sense of reliability, a strong willingness to improve. So as we let the type one in our life influence us, these that's good for us, right? It improves us in beautiful ways, which brings me to number three, which is a willingness to improve. They're looking for a willingness to improve in their relationships, and that's gonna be something that you're likely to pick up from the one. Our type ones are so good at looking at themselves and, you know, used at the right time in the right place to the right degree. This is a beautiful skill where they look at themselves in their lives and they can already they can see so quickly what could be done better. Now, obviously done too much, done at the wrong time, done in the wrong tone type ones for yourself. Right. It can be really being really, really hard on yourself. So um, to the healthy degree, right, to the safe degree, which we all are aware of that boundary, they're going to consistently improve. So being in a relationship with a one is a beautiful thing, right, because it's not stagnant. It's going to grow. It's going to improve. So having that kind of friend means you have a friend who's willing to put in the work to have a healthy relationship with you. That's like that's amazing, right? Now, um, the other thing is that they're going to encourage you to improve. And this is also amazing, right? Because just as they can like look at their selves, look at their life and see what could be improved upon, they're able with like laser accuracy (laughs) to look at your life and say, well, this is what's not working for you. This is what you could be doing better. This is where, you you know, this could be improved. Now, when heard in the wrong way, the wrong time, or maybe heard in the wrong tone again this can be this can feel like judgment or criticism but if you look at it if and if you're able to receive it or if it's being given through a tone of love it's the greatest gift ever right because so many of us know something's not working in our life we're struggling to figure out what that is we know that we want to grow and we want to improve but we don't really know where to start or like what, why we feel like crap all the time. And the one can easily be like, well, Sarah Jane, I did notice that you had six coffees today. So maybe like the stress that you're talking about is like the over-caffeination you're looking, you're trying to ignore. You know, it's just like this honest observation that we need that can be so amazing, right? So uh, being in relationship to them can help you to grow. And the final thing that I want to talk about that we can get from our relationships, our friendships with our type ones is um, 
again, having that like laser eye of what's not working for you. So if they can see you have a relationship here that's not serving you, they're going to tell you or, you know, especially if you ask, um, you can have someone there who gives you really solid advice, who's coming from a place typically of high integrity, a high value set, a high moral compass. And if you're friends, you likely have a relatively similar set of values. So having a friend who's willing to say like, hey, this is what doesn't seem to be working in your life. Here's what seems to be missing. Uh, it's just such an asset, you know? So as a refresher, here's what I love about ones in a relationship. They have high integrity. They are reliable. They have a willingness to improve. They encourage you to improve. And they can easily see what's missing or not working in your life. Now, let's get into ways that our type ones can grow or expand. So the first way is in the realm of non-judgment. So when we talk about integrity, reliability, willingness to improve, seeing what's missing or not working, these all work beautifully when it comes from a place of non-judgment. But when it comes from an obvious place of judgment, uh, I don't know why I said it like that. When it comes from an obvious place of judgment, it can feel like you won't love them, right? Like the people in your life can feel unloved. They can feel disrespected. They can feel like you don't actually really like them very much. So it, be mindful of, is this coming from a place of, of judgment, right? Where I think I'm looking down upon them. I'm thinking if they did things like me, then they'd be happy, then they'd be better. Or is this coming from a place of like, you can do whatever you want, but I just want to like suggest that maybe this would feel better or this would work better. That's always going to feel better to the people receiving it. The second thing that can get in the way, you know, kind of be messy for our type ones and friendships on um, kind of piggybacking off of that is that black and white thinking, right? Things are good, bad, right, wrong. And I would just encourage you to Look for the beauty in the gray, right? Start to notice sometimes where it's necessary to not know the answers. When we're in relationship to each other, right, we want friends in our life who are curious about the way we see the world, the way we think, who can be influenced by us too, right? Like just like I said earlier, that we need to allow the ones to influence us when we're in friendship with them. Ones, you need to let your friends influence you as well. And if you think you already know what is good, bad, right, and wrong, then it's going to be really hard to let people influence you. And to have a reciprocal relationship, you need mutual respect with mutual curiosity and mutual willingness to change. So be open to a different perspective that your friends may have. Be open to not having an answer every time that a problem arises and just allow a little bit of fluidity, a little bit of unknowing. All right, a third is spontaneity. So sometimes our ones, I know, our ones tend to put responsibilities first and pleasure last, right? So things need to get done and then I can have fun. Oh, that's a good rhyme. Uh, so <laughs> with that being said, it can be really hard to find a spot on that type one's calendar if you're wanting to build a friendship with them, right? Because there's always something else that could happen. There's always more that could be done. And in fact, what I've found is that ones who embrace their spontaneity actually end up enjoying friendships more, right? Because 
what's happening is you don't, you're not coming in with a ton of expectations. You get that little fun, I'm playing hooky feeling, which I think you need. And you're just living in that moment with that person instead of kind of saying, okay, I carved out this hour for fun. It better be fun or it better not be like, I better not disappoint me. So, you know, I say embrace spontaneity, allow yourself to just kind of go with the flow sometimes, even if you create structure for that flow, that's fine too. I have to do that as well. Like if you say, okay, I'm flowing (laughs) Monday between five and eight. That's the time I have to flow. So let's see what arises. Let let myself be surprised. Because otherwise, you're going to have a hard time actually making time for the people in your life that you want to spend time with who you actually enjoy. Because t- ones tend to moderate pleasure. And therefore, all the things that suck <laughs> to do get put ahead of the things that are really fun. So oftentimes, our ones end up spending less time with the people they enjoy the most because everything else gets, it gets put on the back burner because there's almost a little bit of like guilt there as if it's playing hooky or something or it's frivolous. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right, number four. This is a big one for our type ones. This is like the, if you take nothing else away from this episode, I hope it's this one. Um, in friendships, our type ones tend to easily be disappointed in people. And this comes from that idealistic mindset, right? That there is an ideal friendship. There are ideal people that you should have impeccable integrity. You should be consistently reliable. You should have a willingness to improve. You should have high standards for yourself. This is how the ones talk to themselves, right? So when we're engaging with new friends, oftentimes it's really hard to not put our inner voice on to that relationship. And so if our ones are constantly looking for where they're falling short, it's kind of a natural phenomenon that they're going to be looking for where other people are falling short. And oftentimes in friendships and even in early dating relationships, our type ones can lose interest at the first sign of being disappointed with someone. Like, oh, well, they seemed great, but then I saw them kind of lie to the waiter and that was really disappointing for me. So this probably isn't going to work out. You know, noticing like when you're disqualifying someone because of their humanity, right? Because here's the thing. We're all messed up. We're all screwed. (laughs) And I say that in the loving, the most loving way, but like we are all little messed up. And 
the sooner that us idealist types can embrace the reality that everything sucks, every job sucks, every relationship sucks, every friendship sucks, the sooner we're going to be able to actually have satisfying relationships, right? Because if we're holding all of our relationships, all of our friendships to this impossible standard, we're going to have a really hard time committing to people in our lives, right? Because everyone is going to disappoint us, period. Everyone in our lives will always disappoint us. That's even ourselves, right? So we're not looking for friends who don't have flaws. We're looking for friends whose flaws we can live with. And that's totally fine. Like you're not, I'm not saying you need to put up with everybody's BS, but just figure out which BS you can put up with and be willing to commit to and work through that without trying to fix them. Because the goal isn't to make those flaws go away in your friends, right? Because that gets us back into that black and white thinking, that judgmentality. No, instead it's to love them where they are, flaws and all, without fixing them. And then if they ask for your advice, you got it, right? You can be there for them. But they deserve to be appreciated, respected, and valued even in their humanity, just like you do. Okay. And the last thing that I hope our type ones will work on is receiving feedback. We've talked about this before, but our type ones tend to be pretty hard on themselves, certain subtypes even more than others. But That being said, receiving feedback can be really hard, right? Because I'm working so hard to be perfect at life. So if you have feedback for me, that means either like I have been caught off guard, which means I have, I am a fool who has been found out at being imperfect, right? And this is fascinating, right? Because what, what's likely happening here is that when you are really hard on yourself, that comes out in your disappointment with other people, right? Like we talked about earlier, the way you talk to yourself, the way you think about yourself is how you're going to likely engage with others. So then you're kind of looking at other people and thinking, are you good enough? Are you bad enough? Are you good enough for me? Are you living up to my standards? Which then makes you think that's how other people are engaging with you. So it's kind of like how you think about people, how you think about yourself is how you tend to think about other people. And then how you think about other people is how you think other people are thinking about you. So when someone comes to you with feedback and it's not perfect, right? It's like, hey, I have this thing that's not working for me. I'd like for us to work on it it can feel like they're about to kick you out, right? Or that they're like so disappointed in you that you are now like, you have dropped 10 points in their stop and like how they think about you. They've lost respect for you. But in reality, most of us aren't really looking at each other that way, right? So that's your worldview. That's how you talk to yourself. That's how you think about people. But they're likely not, actually losing respect for you in that moment. They're likely just wanting to preserve this relationship. They're wanting this relationship to work for them. So they're trying to fight for the friendship, but you have to be receptive to that feedback in order for that to work, right? Because I say this all the time with friendships. This is like my golden rule with friendships is that we can always be friends if when I talk to you about something that's not working for me, you say, some version of, I don't see it that way, but I believe that you do, right? Because what we, what we don't have to do is completely agree with the feedback that we're receiving. 
We don't have to we don't have to take everybody's narrative onto ourselves, but we do have to acknowledge that for some reason this is how they're feeling. This is what some this is what's being brought up for them. This is how they're experiencing us. And so then we can have a productive conversation around well, where do we go from here, right? But if when you receive feedback, you become defensive, you kind of become denying, or maybe you shut down, or you get your feelings really hurt and then shut them out, whatever your unique version of of that is, I encourage you to do not that. (laughs) Um, Instead, and and I'm not saying that it's not gonna hurt, right? Getting feedback about what we could improve upon in a relationship always, is hard, right? It's never easy. Just like getting a boundary set with us is never fun. But what we can do is we can say, okay, let me have some time to really think about that. I want to take it seriously. And then go have all your feelings, right? Get mad at them, judge them, whatever you need to do. Like go be imperfect about it, right? Like let it all out. Let yourself be angry, disappointed, frustrated, scared, flustered, hurt, you know, let all of those feelings exist. And then once you've felt all of your feelings, you can come back and say, okay, I believe that you are experiencing this way. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how I experience it, how I'm approaching it, how you're experiencing it, and find a place of mutual understanding and growth. Now, I think this is a fun little segment. <laughs> I call it, don't take it personally, if And this is what I want for every type. I want to just say, like, don't take it personally if the type that you're friends with does blank. So if you're a friend with a type one, don't take it personally if they tell you with confidence what you need to do to improve a situation. If they look at you and they say, well, what you need to do is blank. Listen, it's just motor memory at this point, right? Like type ones have just spent so much time scanning for the way things could be improved, that it's like they don't even know what's happening anymore. It's not because that they don't think highly of you. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's not because your life isn't like awesome. It's just because like they notice where things could be like 10% better and they believe themselves fully. And you know, like there's like an inner trust there that I like about them, you know? (laughs) So like, but don't take it personally. The second thing to not take personally is if they make you feel lazy because they are tired. They may not reveal it. They may not show it to you. They're doing a lot. They are often overworking, over-functioning in every area of their lives. Maybe they have like one area that they don't in and they feel like secret shame about it. But like most of the time they're over-functioning, right? So if you have one in your life and they are constantly over-functioning, do not take it personally. That is not about you. You do not need to take that on. In fact, encourage them to play. Encourage them to rest. Invite them into coziness and, you know, a little bit of playful laziness. Invite them into that space with you. Do not take it personally that they are, you know, constantly doing something. Number three, uh, don't take it personally if you are not getting a lot of time with them. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but just in case you missed it, oftentimes our type ones put off the thing they enjoy the most. So yes, of course, it could mean that they are not prioritizing the friendship and that's like, this isn't a high priority friendship for you, them. 
that's possible, but it also could actually mean that they like you the most. <laughs> so don't, don't just in how much time you're getting spent together, take that as like an indicator that there's something wrong with you. Um, instead, just remember that like they have a lot of responsibilities. They tend to absorb responsibilities and they tend to moderate pleasure and push it off. They just kind of like work first, play second. And every per every version of a one is going to have a different level of what work means to them. So they may not just like make a lot of time for friends. They may not make a ton of time to play, but you know, encourage them, keep inviting them. And then, you know, and let that be okay. Don't take it personal. All right, let's get into some type combinations. So this podcast would be like three hours long. It would be like an entire workshop if we really went into depth on this. But I decided what I would do for each type is do like a pro and a con. I think that's like the most efficient way to approach it. So combination type one with another type one. So if you're you're type one wanting to be friends with a type one, the pro here is that you tend to support each other in your integrity and your values. You're going to have very similar values, very strong sense of right and wrong. Um, you're going to be able to really trust each other. Now, the con here is that you have to make sure that you're enjoying the friendship, right? Because type ones in relationship tend to be improvers, right? Like fixers. Let's let's improve upon this. Let's keep getting better. We're going to have the ideal friendship. Um, make sure you're enjoying yourselves and not just improving. All right, type one and friendship with a type two. The pro here is both are going to be committed to the dynamic. They're both going to be reliable. They're going to have a strong sense of what it means to be a good friend, and they're going to want to show up that way. The con is that ones may find it disappointing that the twos kind of work the room. Like they may say one thing to one person, say something else to another person. They may see that as a lack of integrity. And then twos in general may feel deprioritized by the one, wanting more quality time than the one is available to give. Type ones in relationship with type three, pro here, both are going to be driven. They're both going to be hard workers. They're, they're going to totally understand like work comes first, play comes second. Like that is going to not feel offensive. Now the con here is that ones may feel as though threes tend to cut corners ethically and that might be disappointing to them. And threes may feel like the one is too judgmental. All right. Our type fours, pros here, the fours help the one to feel their feelings and express their feelings vulnerably. And ones can help the four to use discipline to get their work out into the world. Now, cons here is that their relationship to pleasure is so different. So fours are pleasurably indulgent, which I love, whereas ones may view that as a weakness even and tend to moderate their own pleasure. So they may look at the four just kind of leaning into pleasure and see that as kind of threatening or weak in some way. And fours may feel judged by that, obviously, or may feel like we're not able to enjoy these pleasurable things together. Um, type five, the pros here, both are relatively self-responsible, self-contained. They both tend to really respect other people's boundaries. The cons is that fives tend to be very open-minded and willing to try new things. They tend to be like very adventurous. They tend to be like out-of-the-box thinkers, whereas type ones tend to have like 
an objective truth that they want to live by and they want other people to live by. So this can be a major source of conflict as the five seek to expand their mind, open their mind to new ideas and new possibilities. And the ones seek to um, have certainty and have a sense of like right and wrong, good and bad. And kind of like a quick answer, right? Fives want to explore and research and question things. And ones typically feel like, oh, no, I already know how I feel about that. Done. One and done. That can make conversations kind of strained. All right. Type six pros here is that they may be comfortable in, um, in their set of roles, right? Where the six allows the one to be in control. Um, sixes tend to lack a sense of self-trust. Ones tend to have a really strong sense of self-trust. So they can easily fall into the dynamic of like six letting the one lead. Um, now the con here is that same issue, right? As sixes seek to grow their sense of self-trust and ones seek to grow their belief that there are multiple viewpoints, they're going to have to do that work together, right? Because if the one is only the, is only growing, right? This one friend is like, I'm trying to see multiple viewpoints. It's going to feel destabilizing for the six in their relationship. But at the same time, if the six is seeking to trust their own inner authority, but this one is like still attached to the idea of being in control, then that the six is going to have to rebel against the friendship in order to have their own voice, right? So I would encourage you guys to do the work together as you grow, grow together. All right. Type seven. So the pros here, sevens bring ones into their freedom and their joy. And ones bring seven into like their sense of idealistic values and their like belief in a better world. And the cons here is that ones can see the seven as selfish and childish if we're not careful. And the sevens may just kind of float away when they feel criticized, right? So sevens don't accept criticism well either in general. And so if that one kind of comes to them and is like, I'm seeing you this way, I'm experiencing this from you, the seven might just wander off. All right. And then our type eight, the pros here is they often work great together toward a cause, right? They're both very values driven. They both have a strong sense of right and wrong. They both look out for the underdog. They want justice. Now, the cons here is that the one may not appreciate the direct, even brash approach of the eights and may feel like even embarrassed by it. And then the eights may see the one as being hypocritical, right? Because they have a strong set of values that like no one can literally live up to. And so when the eight sees the type one saying something that they're not able to do or really follow through with, that can seem really hypocritical to the eight. All right, type nine. The pros here is that the nine can help the one to be much more open-minded and flexible, while the one can help the nine to own a strong sense of purpose and to find their purpose and to work toward it. Now, the cons here are that ones may feel as though they are carrying the weight of the relationship, uh, right? Because nines seek connection, long for connection, but maybe aren't the best in average. They aren't always the best like instigators of connection. So the one may feel like they have to constantly pursue the nine, constantly make plans, be the one in charge, kind of like they're the timekeeper, they're the planner, they're having to like make things happen, which when that happens could shut the nines down even further if the nine is feeling like someone's disappointed in them, that they can't ever make this person happy, that they're not enough or, you know, they're feeling judged. That could make the nine kind of withdraw and retreat. 
So this is our first episode in the friendship series. Let me know how you like it. Let me know if you want things the same or different for your type. And if you're a type one or in friendship with a type one, let me know on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case how this episode felt to you. Did you have any thoughts, feelings, reactions, questions? I'd love to hear it. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.